What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies, and we are here to talk about the 2019 release, Hellboy. It's streaming on HBO Max, and and surely, surely this had to be good. I mean, we had David Harbour, star of Stranger Things. Everybody loves him. You have Mila Jovovich, who a lot of people seem to like. You know, she's a fun actress. Ian McShane. Boy, th- this had to be good. Rob, it, this is a can't miss. It has to be. It this, this has to be good. Not only that, it's rated R. It's more in line with, with the comic books. It's a can't miss. Um, wide right. <laughs> yeah, wide right with shit smeared in your eyes. Because this thing is a <laughs> dump. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tip my hand immediately. This is, I, I saw this when it first came out. I could not stand it. And I said, you know what? Maybe times have changed. Maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind. Maybe it just wasn't the right day. It, it'll be good to go back and watch this. And boy, from the opening scene, this tells you, hey, do you remember a Hellboy movie that was fun? Well, not here. Do you remember a character that had charisma and charm? Not here. It fails on every level. So can we can we get a moratorium on modern films referencing King Arthur? Oh my yes, that, that that King Arthur and that sword. Shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um so the last time, Matt, that you and I would have watched a movie to review for uh for a podcast that involved somehow the legend of King Arthur and Merlin was uh, Transformers the last night. And, mm-hmm. and this was a, this is a better movie than that, but like, I could I couldn't really tell you why I just, I just acknowledge that the last night is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I feel like this is right there with it. I like, I really do like this, this movie. And that's the funny thing is because like David Harbour, like I really like him. I thought he was super good in black widow. Like I, I liked him a lot. I love him in stranger things. I like, regardless of what you say about the Resident Evil movies, I'm not saying like what you say personally, Rob, but like what critics I say bad things about the Resident Evil movies. Right. And and most people do, and I'm you know, I'm certainly not a defender of those movies. I like Mila Jovovich. I don't I do it well. I, I like her as well. But there is nothing the, the only thing that I would think you could say goes for this movie is the fact that like some of the the creature designs are actually pretty darn cool. I like the creature designs and the the over the top blood actually works. But there is nothing about this movie. The story is incredibly bland. Um the father-son relationship does not work at all. Even the look of Hellboy in this movie I don't find as appealing as the first one. And yeah, he just as Hellboy to me and it's a shame he has no like none of the charisma that Ron Perlman had as this character. I I 100% agree with that. So this is this is a movie that is not effective at a lot of the things it attempts. And and as I was watching it and and I saw this for the first time um over this weekend um you know 
because it was so ineffective, my brain kind of started to wander a little bit. And there's, there's a couple things that I thought about, uh, while it was, um, you know, that we'll talk about as we go. But one of the things that I kept coming back to, and I don't know that I feel like I know the answer, but one of the things overwhelmingly I kept coming back to was, okay, this is less effective than the previous two installments mm-hmm. of the Hellboy series. And, and obviously this is, you know, a reboot, but you know, we, we both liked the first one. We both really liked the second one and wished that that would have had a third one. And and this is what we got instead many years later. And I just couldn't help but wonder, would we regard this movie differently if we hadn't just watched the first two? Like if those two didn't exist, if we didn't already have, like imagine trying to reboot Indiana Jones, let's mm-hmm. say with somebody else. And, and it's just not good. Okay. I mean, even look at look at what they did with um, Solo, you know, right. it was not Harrison Ford. It was somebody else. And regardless of how good of a job he did or didn't do, it still wasn't the iconic Harrison Ford. And I think, you know, I think Perlman's take on Hellboy is kind of what people envision in their head. This wasn't that it was a different look to the character. It was a different approach. Um would we dislike this movie as much as we do if it wasn't for the first two? And I, I think that is part of it. If I'm being honest, I I think there are some, if I'm, there's some things that I will make the case for in this movie that were effective at times, you know, so some other things that my brain wandered to does Hellboy work better rated R um, yes and no. I don't, I don't think I can equivocably say it's better rated R than it was when, you know, cause I think sometimes if you're, if you're going to rate your movie R, it feels weird to do things off camera. So you have to show everything at that point at, at times when you're, when you're going to show certain things, you kind of have to show everything. And I think that I think think that works and doesn't work at the same time in this movie. There's times where being PG 13 actually makes your movie better. Um, I think, uh, you know, look, having the freedom to use whatever language you want probably works. Having the freedom to really go where you want to go from a, I know, I guess a blood and guts standpoint for this kind of movie probably works. You know, I think they really pushed the PG 13 limit, particularly in the, the golden army. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about that, Matt? Is this is this better as a rated R movie or not? So I think it would like I do believe Hellboy would lend himself being better t- to rated R. And for me, this movie is not simply bad because of the fact that we had just got done watching the first two. Like this is as big of a piece of crap as I remember way back when, well, not even way back when, for God's sakes. I mean, it's only three years old. Um, But I had not watched Hellboy 1 or 2 for probably 10 years. Um, So when I first saw this movie, I I had like no real recollection of the first two Hellboys. It was just, this movie doesn't work. And it's, I I think with a a better script, I I don't know. But I think the rated R could have worked because we've certainly seen movies where being rated R certainly works for it. Like would Logan still have been good as a PG 13 movie? Probably. Absolutely. But you needed it right. Like you needed rated R, you know, it needed the grittiness, but with this, there's just so many weird choices that are made 
in this movie. And again, like I think the creature designs are actually really good. I, I think they look phenomenal. But then there's like there's all these weird scenes of like, okay, um, the the fairy that switches the baby like that scene's really not needed i know it's supposed to explain why this pig man has a vendetta against hellboy but it's just so like it's so oddly placed at almost the tail end of the movie the pacing is off on this movie the even the jokes don't make sense. Like they're so like the jokes in this movie are so lame and it happens right off the bat. And he's like, don't worry, dad, I have a gentle touch. And then he cracks his phone trying to press the end button. Like, yeah, multiple times. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a reoccurring gag. That's not funny. Any of the times they show. It. And he is not even the other times. And it's not even consistent because in the one the one time he breaks his phone, he's using his regular hand. He's not using his giant hand, but yet at one part in the movie, he's smashing the crap out of an elevator like it's a vending machine that stole his candy with his giant rock hand. <laughs> and and those buttons just take it. Right, and those nothing happens. Those buttons do not break, like nothing. And it's like, even there's, you know, it's inconsistent in its own right. And then there's another joke in the movie where uh, the character uh, Ben, who turns into the slightly better looking uh, Wonder Woman 84 cheetah um, character, when he gets the bullet that he's going to use to potentially kill Hellboy, he makes the lame ass joke of, Oh, well then I'll aim for the heart because his brain's too small. Are, are we kidding? Like who, that's a nine year old wrote that. Like that's th there's, there's no way that a prof like a professional scriptwriter should write that line in a movie. It's not funny at all. Like it just, it's it, straight off the playground. Yeah, it, it really is like, so I for me, I don't think I like this movie any less strictly because of just seeing Hellboy one and two. It just it doesn't work, and it's a shame because there's people in this movie that I actually, you know, again, I'll say it, I I really enjoy. I love Ian McShane. He's horrible, and yeah. he's horrible in this. You know, the other thing that I found myself being distracted by and letting my brain wander as this was on. I couldn't help. It's one of the, I'm going to say a thing and it's going to be one of those things where once you've seen it, you'll never be able to unsee it. This to me was so clearly influenced by the 2013 Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, it feels like they, they looked at that and said, that's going to be the inspiration for our Hellboy reboot. We're going to go, we're going to go with a comic book movie. We're going to make it rated R. We're going to add action. We're going to add comedy. And, I, and I'm saying comedy with the air quotes heavily implied. You know, we're going to we're going to go kind of nutty. We're going to go sort of silly and zany at times. Um, and we're going to you know, we're going to really push all our chips into to those ideas and see what happens. And, and we're going to go kind of, you know, extra silly with some of the gore and the action scenes. And I just couldn't help but feel like. You know, it was a Deadpool ripoff more so than it even was a Hellboy mm -hmm. reboot. 
And once I saw that, it was hard for me not to see that throughout the whole film as I, as I finished watching it. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. And, you know, again, I, I say for me, this doesn't, not only does, yes, it feel like a ripoff, even at times, all of these characters, even Hellboy just seems to go back and forth on which side of the fence he wants to be on. And, and to me, it makes absolutely no sense. Like the opening scene with him going to uh, rescue Ruiz and you find out he's a vamp. It's like, there's really no substance to that. Then he's upset and he's talking about the Blood Queen and, oh, maybe monsters should just be allowed to live and what's going on. And then he's against her, but yet he's banished monsters before. Like, he even flip-flops back and forth about what he's like, maybe she's not that bad. It's like, yo, you just like, you know the history of this person and, like, what the legends tell that, like, she was going to wipe out humanity. And for 20 minutes of the movie, he's like, well, maybe we should leave her alone. Maybe she's not bad. What are we doing here? And it's like, what the, what the hell is going on? It's very all over the place. And I think, um, you know, I've seen this once now. I, I struggle to think about a reason I would ever rewatch it. I think a lot of those things for me would be even more apparent mm -hmm. on a rewatch. Uh, typically I like to watch something for the first time once and then just, and then rewatch it, you know, in terms of just writing down my thoughts about it. Uh, that was, that was just not going to happen with this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, being fair, there are parts of this that I did laugh at. I thought some of the dialogue was actually fairly clever and witty. Not all of it, you know, not all of the in intended humor lands, but there are things that I did generally laugh out loud at. Um, you know, I also, there, I, I do want to also say that the soundtrack that they use throughout yes. the musical score just absolutely hits right what I'm looking for, which uh, quick shameless plug listeners. If you enjoy this general soundtrack to this movie, you should definitely check out the playlist that my brother Eric put together for our most recent entry in the EPU for the movie from dust till dawn. He put together some absolute bangers on that. So uh, you can check that out uh, on the episodes page, but yeah, I really just found myself, jamming kind of when they were underscoring scenes with music it's it's just my vibe yeah the you know what's funny is it's like a 50 50 thing for me because the soundtrack i thought was really well done but i also during that soundtrack especially when he's fighting those the, the giants some of those cuts and the way that that's framed is really really poorly done so as i was trying to listen to the soundtrack i was just like on screen, I, I was like, what is this close-up of him running? Like, this looks horrendous. Um, yeah. Which was a shame, because again, I thought those... I thought the Giants, I thought they looked fantastic. The creatures that come out of the Earth at the end of the movie look fantastic. Baby, you know, Baby Yaga, I, I thought, great. Now there's a really, again, really weird scene where it's like, oh, let's seal our packed with a like it's so weird that they sealed yeah it's so unnecessary like i i am not the person that's like oh i'm grossed out i'm a like i am not that person i've 
probably watched horror movies. Like I know I've watched movies that I've recommended to my friends and they're like, the hell is wrong with you? Like, how can, like, how can you watch that? Like, it's so just like, it's so disturbing with how graphic it is. So I'm like, not that person, but it's, it's so unnecessary when you're doing something for the sake of just trying to like get a gross reaction. It never, ever works. And that's that's like that's the scene also too i the the medium uh the girl that he saved when she was a baby i i will say i do kind of like her in the movie i think she's got a pretty good screen presence i don't know what else she's in um i do know what is her name um sasha lane is the actress's okay name. I, I know is alice. yes alice i know nothing else of her at all but I liked her in this movie. I thought she had a really good screen presence. However, her little power to have that person's like soul come out of her mouth and talk to people, it looks so stupid. Like, especially that, that ending scene with his father, I was like, you should not have the camera be lingering on this for this long. Like, this is horrendous. Yeah, it's... Um... It's kind of again. You, you talked about some of the the ineffectiveness of gross out scenes. Um, yeah, it's it's not good. Um, it it never gets a reaction out of your audience that you want. Like, what's what are you hoping to uh, elicit mm-hmm. from your audience with that? Like, nobody wants to be grossed out in that way. Like, it's just I don't know. I I've, I'm trying to think of a time where a gross out scene like that in a movie was was like effective and, and right. worked and people liked it. And it was like, Oh yeah, that was great. Do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I think in, in some cases, like her ability to channel recently deceased people and kind of like vomit out this, like, I don't even know what to call it. Like it's, it's almost like a placenta that morphs into the face, uh-huh. you know, with like, I don't even know what else to describe it. It's just gross as hell. Um, I kind of wish they would have like, you could have just done that as like a smoke monster and I would have been happier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's, I think there's a lot of ways you could have done that, um, that, that I would have liked better. Um, you talked about the giant fight. The CG in that is, is kind of bad, but for whatever reason, I'm not as bothered by it as I normally would be. And I don't, I can't help me understand why that doesn't bother me more. Like, I, I think maybe it's just cause I'm tuned out by that point or, you know, it, it might be, I, I mean, for me, is it because the character design is actually so good? Because the the, might be the stuff in the background, what's weird is the stuff in the background is the stuff that looks fake. The monsters are what looks real, and it's a really weird contrast on screen. Um, so I think I found myself more like focusing on like, damn, that like, this is really good creature design. Like, no doubt about it. I mean, if there's anything that carries over from the first two films that this is in no relation to, it is that the the creature design is really effective, really cool, and and a lot of fun. Um, you know, I really liked the giants that they gave us. I liked a lot of the other creatures that they gave us. I think when uh, Baba Yaga kind of like turns herself upside down and walks around backwards, like that's the stuff of nightmares right and, there. Like if you can watch that and sleep okay that night, you're. And you know what though? That is that is creepily effective. It's creepy. It's yes. gr- like it's gross how she's contorted, but it's effective. Be- like, 
and that's where there's a couple moments where it's like, man, there's the movie shines. There's some actual potential here. You know, when, again, when he's unleashed, the, I'll, I'll go into this part later, but when, when Hellboy actually takes Excalibur and all of the creatures get unleashed on, you know, uh, on earth, that's a pretty cool scene. It's effective. Like these monsters are walking around, like slicing people. The one guy stepping on them and they're attached to his leg and there's bodies everywhere. Yeah. Like that's good. And it's like, okay, this could have worked, but then you have things again, like there's two things in particular, right before that they go and meet, uh, was it Merlin? Was Merlin the wizard that he goes and sees? Yeah. So he goes and meets Merlin, who, for some reason, does not tell him, like, it's going to take all of my magic to conjure up the sword. You, like, you have to take it. Like, uh, like Hellboy doesn't want to take it. And he's like, oh, God, that took all of my power. And then he crumbles. And it's like, you probably should have talked more and explained that shit to him. Um, yeah. And then, like, Nimoy, uh, the Blood Queen... In all sincerity, why does she, I, I like, I know like, oh, you can bring about the apocalypse. Uh, her little troll hell army that out of nowhere, again, when she goes to um, the blood tree to get reborn, where do all those creatures come from? Like, that is, like, that is such a, a horrible establishing shot where all of these creatures come from, but... You also can just, in that very same scene when Hellboy's trying to stop her, well, number one, he shoots her in the face, and then for some reason all of the, the demons run off, which was really odd. Um, I didn't understand that at all, that they all just, like, run away. But she controls him using, like, telekinesis, for God's sakes. She knocks the gun out of his hand. What do you need Hellboy for? I know he's supposed to bring about the apocalypse, but with the fact that you can just give people the plague and you have all of these demons, I'm pretty sure you could probably do exactly what you want to do on your own. Yeah, it, it's there's a lot of things that just don't connect the dots, and it's it just kind of the you know screenwriting for the convenience of what they need for the plot to move forward as opposed to anything that actually makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it really does. Even the fact that like I just laughed. I I literally gave my television the middle finger at the end credit scene and I was like <laughs> which one cuz Yeah, like, well, the Ab I was like you thought you were going to get a sequel. Like how <laughs> like how so yeah, they, they show you what looks like it's going to be Abe Sapien. And if you were enjoying this movie, you'd be like, oh, cool. That's a character I like from the original series. They'll they'll bring him in a sequel. And it's just like, oh, silly movie. It, you thought somebody was going to throw more money. Right. And I was dying laughing, too, because in like in that scene where they go in and they're fighting again, soundtrack's pretty good there, but they're fighting all those guys. The typical, typical movie trope. Why do people even have guns? Because they never want to fire them. They, those people are standing there with guns. And the scene is shot so that you can see them. Like, Hellboy is shooting one guy. There's another guy behind him with a gun. And he waits for Hellboy to turn around so that he can try and hit him in the face with the butt of his gun. Like, 
why would you not shoot him in the back of the head or in the shoulder or something? Like, he literally waits for Hellboy to turn around to fight him. It's it's poor editing and it's it's poor blocking, it's poor cinematography, it's poor second unit direction. I mean, all of that. It's when when you have something that is like that obvious that you can see on screen, there's so many departments that have to fail for that to be visible. I mean, if you're if you're watching that back and you see that in the editing room, you just you don't use that shot. Like you cut to something right. else, like you, or you, you crop that guy out. Like you do something so that that, you know, you do a quick cut to something so that it's not as obvious that that's what's going on, that you've got guys literally just waiting for their cue to try to, you know, get their ass kicked, I guess. Like it's, it's, it's so hard. And, and listen, I want to just, you know, give credit where credit is due or, or, you know, maybe at least minimize, um, the critique trying to make a, you know, small group fighting a large group makes sense visually is tough to do. I mean, it, it really is. It's very challenging to make it believable. Even when you have supernatural characters with extra abilities and supernatural toughness and things like that, like that is still hard to, to do and make it believable but you still have to plan for that. Like you have to clearly define the rules of how this all works and still execute a believable fight scene that lives within those rules. And there's still no excuse not to do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I do not shoot movies. I do not do any of, you know, any of that. So far be it for me in a way to, to criticize, but at the same time, I don't get paid millions of dollars to do these things it like you do it if you if i'm an electrician and you you know and my job is 500 dollars, i should be able to make it so that your house doesn't burn down because i use rubber bands to connect your electricity like i you know (laughs) so it's hard not to criticize it when it's okay but this is what your job is you're you are professionally trained to look for these things and make them look at least somewhat believable. And you just can not do that at all in this movie. And it's for, again, it's just for so many things. I don't even really think that the fights in this movie are all that effective. Like I never once like actually got the impression. Like if anything, I kind of sit there during this movie and went, how the hell did I like, no pun intended, like, how the hell does Hellboy actually capture anybody? Because he gets his ass kicked a lot. Like, he does not seem like a really, like, good fighter in this movie. It's just, it's weird. I find myself questioning how he's successful at anything in some of these fight scenes. You know, it's, he he does seem like, at, at times, I kind of felt like he was almost the... Um, the big Lebowski interpretation of Hellboy. <laughs> He's just kind of a bum. He's kind of a loser. He drinks too much. You know, he doesn't really seem to care at times, you know, just like whatever, mm-hmm. man, you know, like switch out the tequila for a white Russian and, and you could almost be yeah. it. And it, it's, it's very strange. The, the, the interpretation of the character they went with. It's very uneven at times. You referenced it earlier that there's times where he's saying, let's do this. And then it's just like, nah, let's not do that. 
Um, how, yeah. How is this guy still like any, you know, he doesn't seem particularly effective. He, he spends most of the movie literally getting stabbed. Mm -hmm. I mean, his coat is ripped to shreds very early into the movie and he just keeps rocking at the rest of the film. Like the whole time he's wearing that same ripped up coat from, from whatever, whichever fight it was first. Um, it only really seems like the reason he lives through any of this is, you know, cause of extra help right. from other people or dumb luck in some cases. Yeah. I mean, even the, the, what, I mean, he's literally saved by the giants when he was going to like, when he's summoned to, you know, be on the hunt, um, and help them out. Uh, God, what's the name of that agency? The, the Osiris yes, the Osiris Club. Club. I actually did find that kind of funny when he was like, this is like the other one, except without the strippers. I actually did find that kind of funny. Like, that line was... No, that was like, kind of like I, But I, like it, it, what's weird about that is, like, why does the Osiris Club bother with all the, the pageantry of explaining everything they're going to do just to, like, off him in right. the wild? Like... I don't know. I mean, you could say, okay, they were hunting him, I suppose, but it still seems like an awful lot of rigmarole to just not stab him in his Well, sleep. even if, you know, like, even, I, I'll, I'm going to play devil's advocate and I'll give the movie credit for some reason. Okay, you're going to lure him out, you're going to kill him, and then you still need to take care of these giants. So you're going to kill two birds with one stone. So you're taking him out to here and maybe they're, maybe they are thinking that's how they explain it to his father. We went out, we went to fight the giants. He was killed. This is what's left. Like I'll give the movie credit there, but the, again, like the exposition that they give during that scene is just for the audience. Cause right off the bat at Hellboy's like, you know, I could give two craps about your hunt and your tradition. Like, let's just go do this. Like I could care less, but like we have to go through and we have to see all the giant heads that they cut off. And, Oh, the honor of the headdress. I get to wear that. And, and it's like, that scene is literally just for the audience. And it really doesn't matter. I didn't need to know. Like all I needed to know was going, okay, this group has been around. It's a, you know, society that protects London. Cool. Sure, take us to the trophy room and show, like, yeah, we've taken care of giants before, but we can't take care of three, so we need you. Let's go. And you can condense that scene, and you're done. But no, they just they have to drag it out and do all this exposition about them strictly for the audience when none of it matters. So I can see them not stabbing him in his sleep, um, but the scene just... Those are pretty cool proton packs. Yeah, right? those were cool. I did like those. Um, <laughs> the proton pack that just connects to a, a giant spear, like all right, and that's a you know that's something we liked about the first two movies as well. Not just the creature design, but the yeah. weapons design was was really pretty cool. And there's there's parts of that here. Yeah, um, yeah, but so I'll give the movie credit on that portion of it. But it, there's just again, I don't understand, and, and it's funny. Uh, I was talking about this, and this boy. I think this article came out a month ago and then I was just talking about it today that, you know, David Harbour actually called Ryan Reynolds to talk to him about like, Hey, what did you do when green lantern? Like absolutely bombed because like <laughs> asking him like, Hey, how'd you recover from that? Or like, what did you do? 
Um, because he like I feel bad for the guy because Harbro took this like really hard that this movie was just absolutely like ripped to shreds. It did terrible at the box office. Nobody wanted to see anything more with this. Um, I do feel bad for him because it it does seem like he. You know, based on like interviews that I saw with him, it did seem like he was very interested in this role and he was excited to do this. So that, that does suck for somebody who this is your profession to like just have everybody be like, yo, that sucked. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you mentioned some of the other things we've seen him in and I've generally enjoyed him in and everything else I've seen him in. It's, it's one of those things like, okay, you've got a character that's got an opportunity, like a character people like. There's there's some things you can do with that, particularly when you decide to make it rated R. There's some things you can do with that. You've got a, a good actor as your lead. You've got Mila Jovovich. We like her. Uh, Ian McShane. We like him. Like there's there's plenty of of reasons why this movie should have been successful. And yet it's not. Um, it's one of those things, you know, there's a lot of these things in the NBA right now where you put all these superstars on one team and then they implode, like none of these guys can play together. You know, it's, 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 uh, sometimes, you know, the, the, uh, some of the parts is, is greater mm-hmm. than the whole, or, or I think I've got that. I somehow I'm <laughs> goofing up that expression. But yes. You know what I mean. Um, one other thing too, that I was like shocked about when, he takes when he finally takes the sword. And that's the other thing too, where I'm just like, if he is, well, two things, if he's supposed to be like the destroyer of humanity, I love how we got the, the actual copy scene from the first movie where the portal opens up and everything like that. And again, it's kind of just a reminder of like, Hey, remember when this scene was actually fun, but, um, one, when he has the vision of him, like when he touches Excalibur for the first time and he has that vision of like carving through people that looks like a, jeez, uh, I would say PlayStation, but I don't know. Like that almost looks like a GameCube cutscene. Like it's, <laughs> it was horrendous on screen. And then when he finally does pull out the sword and he comes up through the cathedral, if you look and you pause that shot, he literally looks like a freaking cardboard cutout in the background. Like he does, it does not look like he's on set at all. It looks like they totally imposed him with CGI or whatever in the background of the shot. Like it is horrendous looking. And the whole thing just doesn't make sense. Like he, he's supposed to get the sword, but then he doesn't. And then he's like, um, all right, I'll just go ahead and grab the sword. Now, like, we, what are you teasing the audience for? You all, you're not going to show Excalibur mm-hmm. and then have your hero not wield it. Like that whole bit was very, it fell very flat for me. Just that whole, yeah. that whole device. Um, I kind of, I, I really hated it. And the whole portion about, you know, him being a descendant of King Arthur, I really wanted to hate it. I really wanted to. Yeah. Hate it. I kind of just disliked it, but I, I'm, I'm sitting there watching like this is, this is the kind of thing I would normally destroy. Um, but I don't entirely hate this for reasons I can't fully articulate. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to justify why this movie's not as bad as it is, but I, but I'm also saying it's pretty bad. Too. I, I want to know too, where, where all these demons and whatever, like, 
where are they finding all these girls like that they hook up with? Like, uh, where are all these human chicks that are just like, what's up, demon dude? Like every yeah, it's the um, it's the uh, it's the demon equivalent uh, of Tinder, and it's called uh, you're right. Serious, seriously, it's unbelievable. It's just like it's so funny that like oh yeah, you somehow a human decided that this was a good idea. Like okay, whatever. But the other thing too that I didn't get when he picks up Upscalibur is like okay, he's supposed to bring about the apocalypse if he wants to. Because it's very clear that it's his choice. So why, when he grabs a sword, like, do the demons automatically come out of the earth? Like, why did they... And he just turns evil. Just picking up the sword makes him turn evil for some reason. Right. Completely forget about who he is. Right. Not only does it make him completely forget, but picking up the sword of a legendary hero, a good guy. It's not like he's picking up the sword of the devil... And, like, if you touch this, it's going to unleash hell on Earth. It's like, no, this sword has been used to kill monsters. It was used to slay this demon that's in front of you and save the Earth. But, yeah, like, it automatically... It's not one. Right. It's not like it's going to corrupt you as soon as you... Right, exactly. So even then, I was just like, wouldn't he have to make the choice that he wants to unleash these demons upon the world? Because... But again, I, I just, I, I could go on forever about how it just doesn't make sense. But that was another thing that I just was really confused with in terms of, all right, well, why did that happen? You know, I'll tell you the other thing that I, I really just stood out to me. There's a scene where these witches are stitching mm. um you know, nim away back together. That's hard to watch. And I've, you know, I used to be into the saw movies really hardcore. I, you know, I even watched the hostile movie and enjoyed it, but I'll tell you the the scene where they're kind of just stitching her all back together and all the, the witches all have their eyes like mm-hmm. sewn shut. Like that's, that's like stomach turning hard to watch in a way that like really just pulls me out of the experience of watching a movie. And I'm just viscerally going, this is gross. Like I, I'm not enjoying this at all. Like, I never need to see this ever. And the thing is, is, like, those witches, like, their designs, again, another plus, like, their designs are creepy. Like, there's some good work in there. Um, I I take it you did not watch this one like you did one and two with the kids. Uh, So, funny thing about that, I started, (laughs) and then I was like, oh, this one's this one's rated R. Okay. Like I didn't really look up why. And then eight minutes in, I was like, all right, you guys got to yeah. go. <laughs> Sorry. Right. You're not watching this one. Yeah, no, this, yeah, this one definitely, uh, I, I don't think would, uh, would be for the kiddos, but hey. And, and I normally will watch, you know, like if it's PG 13, you know, I'll watch a lot of this stuff with the kids and, you know, all the MCU stuff and uh, all the, you know, the, the Mandalorian stuff, you know, I, I definitely always watch with the kids. So I, I've mentioned this before, but my wife, like she will just, she absolutely loves like movies that I normally think are terrible. Like there's, there's, there's entries in the resident evil series that she thoroughly enjoys watching and has seen more mm-hmm. than once. And that's, it's, undefendable to me like i can't i can't explain it and so she watched this last night i had started and she's like oh i wanted to watch that with you so she went into um another room to start it from the beginning so she could see it 
I, I walked in, she's probably halfway into it. And she's like, this is crap. Like, this is absolutely <laughs> terrible. She's like, you're not going to be able to say anything good about this. And then I, uh, she finished watching it after I fell asleep. I, I asked her this morning what her thoughts were on it. She's like, Oh my God, that was terrible. So when, when my wife who does like really bad movies, like she just, you know, finds the fun in some of these just crap fests, um, says that the movie's bad. You got a bad. Yeah, she does too. I remember the one time, um, we were actually, <laughs> we were like out at dinner and I forgot, I, I know at one point we were talking about Endgame, but like we were talking about other movies um, and she was talking, like there are a couple movies where she was like, yeah, I really like those. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. so yeah, she, she will try to find the good in like anything. And you know, it, and it's fun. Cause there's movies that I like where it's like, yeah, this is stupid but for whatever reason i can turn i mean you did record an episode on rise of silver surfer where you defended it as watchable and i did it is watchable and entertaining but (laughs) so listeners go back in the archives if you want to i did but yeah no it's she does tend to find like the good in in a lot of movies so yeah i if she's sitting there going this is this is unwatchable yeah it's it's bad. It's unredeemable. So, but again, to each their own. I mean, I like the Last Jedi, so. <laughs> and that's and that's and that's bad. So that's that's where that goes. But Rob, I, again, sometimes with these movies, it's it is not a let's say a Ghost Rider, a Batman and Robin. It is not a daredevil of that nature. This is not one of those movies that's so bad that it's good. And that's where sometimes talking about these, it's fun, but there's not a lot to say at certain points because you don't even have that, you know, you don't even have that topic of, well, it's so bad that it's just fun. This movie is just in the category for me of of being bad is is this something that you see as like so bad it's good or are you just like yeah no this is just a bad like this is just a bad film there's there's parts that i do laugh at there's there's some things you know the again the creature design um i I, you know for I, i think you have to ask yourself do you like the character of hellboy do you find that character entertaining? Do you find it enjoyable? Do you find the general subject matter of the character of Hellboy your thing? Because if you do, you will probably find at least enough with this where you can justify watching it once and, and enjoying the experience mm. for what it is. Maybe not ever watching it again, but you know, there's certain things I mentioned, like, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And then, then I just became really distracted um, because I didn't really have enough else to, to go off of. Um, The movie doesn't really start particularly good. They redo the origin story later on, which, you know, we didn't really talk about that, but did you find that? I mean, and, and I'm trying to keep in mind that it, you know, I know there's a, a period of a large number of years in between when, you know, the golden army came out and then, and then this movie. So knowing that I did watch these back to back to back more or less, you know, to me, I felt like redoing the origin story didn't work for me and was a waste of time. And I didn't like it. Um, 
was it necessary? Did we need it? I don't th- no, I I completely agree with you and for me again it has nothing to do with watching these three movies like you said essentially back to back to back. It has to do with like where it comes in at the movie feels completely out of pace and really it, like yeah. it didn't do anything. It really doesn't. Like it gives you some false notion that like oh, you know, now he's because again it just they throw it by the wayside where oh he's he finds out that his dad was there to actually kill him and then he never did and it it's supposed to give you this you know tension of you know why didn't you kill me and why did you take me in and then that speech at the end where it's like oh you know be like being your father was the best thing i've ever done and it's like let me go back into my larva stage or whatever um but it just yeah i mean it, did, it does introduce you to lobster johnson i mean come on now there's a that was kind of funny um but like <laughs> but, but overall it it just it really doesn't add anything because again like i didn't i didn't really feel anything for their relationship i didn't think it was necessary and it, it just adds to the movie which you know this is one of those movies where i'm like boy like this is a movie that could have been an hour and 30 minutes. Like this did not need to be two hours. Lobster Johnson to me felt like a character that belonged more in the watch. Hell yes. Yes. I, I literally thought that watching this, um, between yesterday. Um, and then I, I did a, a brief rewatch for certain things. Cause I kind of was in and out of it when I watched it. So I, I wanted to go back and just make sure I had seen everything. Um, yeah, he, I instantly was like, he feels like he should be in Watchmen, not Hellboy. He, he definitely felt like him and comedian would be doing a couple of gigs together or something or <laughs> something. Um, it, I would watch that yeah, movie, right. <laughs> I would watch that movie a million times. Give me Thomas Hayden church and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, um, in a movie together, just beating up bad guys, being kind of awful all at the same time. And, uh, that's a better movie than this. Yeah, no. Um, funny enough, it's just uh, I'm uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Now that you mention him, um, it, it's a complete sidebar. But crazy enough, we are six days away, Rob. I don't know if you watch the show anymore, but from the end of The Walking Dead, as we know it from its first iteration, I'm multiple seasons behind, and that's a show that I religiously would sit down at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night and I would clear my calendar. I would turn my phone off and I used to just be, I was, I was, I was a super fan of that show. Everybody was. (laughs) Yeah. And then I just kind of fell out of it and never picked it back up. And somehow my life feels like it's okay. I mean, I, I intend to get caught up at some point because I was obsessed with that show. I mean, it was, it was, um, Monday morning office Mm -hmm. cooler conversation, Um, you know, in in the place that I worked when that show was at its peak. I mean, every Monday morning we were talking about the walk. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it is weird that it's coming to, again, there's spinoff shows that they're doing and stuff like that, but this, you know, what we got from episode one, season one, all the way till now, um, that interpretation of the walking dead is coming to a close in six days. And, um, I, I will find myself watching that just because it's it's really the end of an era, regardless of the the huge decrease in ratings. But um, 
yeah, any anything Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I will, I I, I will get some of. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's he's great. so. Um, all right, Rob. Any other thoughts on on this movie? I think I've said everything I need. Yeah, I, I, I do believe um, the time for talk is over. So let us move into the popcorn time review segment. And I am going to go first. This is where we rate the uh, the movie or the you know show, whatever it is we're reviewing, out of five buckets. And for me, this is a one. Uh, I will give this one bucket. Uh, it's strictly based on realistically i think character designs because quite frankly i don't find a lot enjoyable about this movie um so for me it's a one and i i did consider giving it a half but other things that i've given a half to such as movies like moonfall and things like that um this is not as bad as movies that i or like jeepers creepers reborn uh, this is not as bad as those other movies that I have given a half uh, a half bucket to. So, uh, a, a one for me. So I'm not far off. Uh, I give this one and a quarter buckets, and I, and the reason why it's one and a quarter, this movie is 75% crap, and about 25% of it is is things that I either enjoyed or didn't think was total <clears> crap. So out of five buckets, 1.25 is exactly 25%, which is exactly how much of this movie that I found um, either bearable or enjoyable. Um, the rest of it is, is not. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, that's, it, I mean, it feels fair and uh, that'll do it for this part of the review. You know, that'll do it for the Hellboy series in general. And, you know, we'll be moving on this week to John Wick, which I am super excited to go back and watch. Um, I remember those movies very vividly, especially the third one, but it's been a while since I have watched the first one. Uh, So I am excited to go back and watch those. And I am incredibly excited to actually hear your thoughts as you watch these for the first time. Yeah, just like the Jason Bourne series. Uh, thank you for making me watch these because it's been on my list of stuff I want to watch. I just haven't had a chance to get to it. So, um, yes, universally well liked. Um, you know, regarded as great action overall. So I am so excited to get started on. This. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, look forward to those. But don't forget, follow us on social media. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram. There is a Facebook group page, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Reddit. Uh, we are all over social media. You can email the show. Uh, very simple email. It is basically the initials of the name of this podcast. So it is mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Email us. Let us know what reviews you want to see. Is there you know, a movie that you completely disagree with our take on, uh, you completely agree. Let us know, join the social media challenges, uh, challenges channels, and we will social media can be a challenge. At times, it it certainly can, but you know, interact with the show and we will see you very soon at Matt goes to the movies. <laughs>